Staying true to America's national destiny, the voice of the awakening. Your host, Bishop E.W. Jackson. Open them up if you would. To Galatians chapter 3, verses 8 and 9. We've already read them, but let's go back to them again. Galatians chapter 3, verses 8 and 9. Now, I just want you to get this in your spirit because this is a very, very powerful and important passage of Scripture, but it's not talked about very much. It says, and the Scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, preached the gospel to Abraham beforehand, saying, in you, all the nations shall be blessed. So then those who are of faith are blessed with believing Abraham. We're in a series that I've just begun entitled Four Pillars of Kingdom Life. Four Pillars of Kingdom Life. Now, here again, I can't stress too much the importance of getting those CDs, and we're about to get some more equipment so we can make more of them. Uh, we're willing to give them up for a donation, even though we may lose money in the process, because the whole point of the CD ministry is not to make money. It's to get the word into you. Uh, but these four pillars are going to become very, very important in this ministry's life, because this is what the Lord ministered to me all last year, I've been waiting until God released me to bring it to you, and now I'm bringing it to you. The first pillar we talked about last week was teach destiny. Say that after me. Teach, teach destiny. destiny. Say it again. Teach destiny. Say again. Teach destiny. You wonder what do you tell people is unique about this church? What about this ministry? You ought to be able to tell them in a sentence. You ought to be able to say to them, our church teaches people how to fulfill their destiny. It teaches people how to rise into what God prepared you for. Uh, that's our focus. That's what the Lord has put in us. That's our vision. So that every person, when they stand before God, has been a part of this ministry, can stand before God and hear him say, well done. You did what I put you on this earth to do. And you can't do that if you're not taught how to do that according to the word of God. Amen. God has a unique purpose and plan for you, for you. And my job is to help you find and fulfill that plan. So when you talk to people, what's the call all about? So God has a calling on your life and a destiny for you, and you come to our church, you're going to learn how to fulfill it. Amen? Amen. So teach destiny. Uh, now here's the second pillar, which we're going to get in today. It says, in you, all the nations shall be blessed. The second pillar is this. Bless people. Bless people. Bless people. Now, if I were to ask any of you, if probably if I were to ask this question in all the churches that exist, if I could broadcast to them all and say to them all, what is the gospel? This is the kind of answer we would get. And it's not a wrong answer, but this is the kind of answer we would get. The gospel is that Jesus Christ was sent by the Father to die on the cross for our sins that we might have a right to the tree of life, meaning that we might have a right to not be condemned to hell, but to go to be with him in heaven 
for all of eternity. That's not entirely accurate, but, but it's close enough. I mean, that gets the message across. The reality is we weren't made to live in heaven for all of eternity. We were made to live in the kingdom of God for all of eternity because heaven and earth are going to become one. God's going to move the new Jerusalem into earth and he's going to make his abode with man. So there will be no distinction between heaven and earth. But, but, but it's, it's close enough. It's close enough. I'll tell you what you wouldn't hear, though. What you wouldn't hear is just what we read. Because now notice what it says. It says, the scripture foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith preached the gospel to Abraham beforehand. But what does this say the gospel to Abraham was or an essential element of it was? In you all the nation shall be blessed. Now, wow. How many Christians do you think if you ask them what's the gospel would say? The gospel is all nations are supposed to be blessed through the, king, through the people of God. I guarantee you only a handful, perhaps, if any, because that's not what we think of as the gospel. But what this scripture says is it is the gospel. And you know why we don't focus on this? Because we tend to think about the gospel of Jesus Christ as being about us, not about what God wants to do with us for others. See, the good news is to us. We don't think of the good news coming through us to other people. But what this says is that God preached the gospel to Abraham, and here's what he essentially said to him. Abraham, here's good news. Everybody's going to be blessed through you. That's the good news, Abraham. Everybody's going to be blessed through you. See, that's part of the essential element of the good news. Everybody's supposed to be blessed through you. Amen? Amen. Amen. How many Christians do you think would include that if you ask them, well, what's the gospel? Precious few. Precious few. Amen. 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 There's a saying that, that has gone around uh, that I've heard many times. You've probably heard it, too. You know, some people are so heavenly minded, they're no earthly good. You ever heard that? I mean, that, I mean, you maybe not heard much, but I used to hear that all the time. Some people say, it's true. It's true. Because there is a tendency in the church, and, and this is our fault. And when I say our fault, I mean the church universal ministers and churches to teach people that getting saved is primarily about going to heaven or almost exclusively about going to heaven. But that's not true. It is about God giving you life more abundantly starting now. Now. Because guess what? When you get to heaven, you can't help anybody because nobody there needs it. <laughs> People need help here. Amen. But we're so focused on, you know, get, and, and look, and here's the, here's the lie. And this is just an outright lie. That getting saved is about making it in the heaven. Man, I, I'm getting saved now. I'm, I'm, and I've heard people say it. Man, I, I gave my life to the Lord. I'm just trying to make it into heaven. Well, you don't need to try to make it if you're saved. You're on your way. You've already got your ticket punched. Don't need to be trying to, I'm trying to make it in. 
I'm trying to stay saved. Either you're saved or you're not. If you're saved, you've already, heaven's already yours. Amen? And what you need to be focused on now is, what should I now do, Lord, with this salvation that you've given me in the time I have left on this earth? Amen? Amen. Amen. Well, now we know that one of the essential things we're supposed to do is be a blessing. Be a blessing. Bless people. Amen? Amen. Don't answer this question because it's, it's a silent test. But you can think about whether you know the answer. At the end of every service, after I say amen, there's something else I say. And I wonder how many people here know exactly what it is. Yeah, I see hands going up, so some of you know exactly what it is. Hold the thought. We're going to come back to it. Amen? Amen. But let, let's stay with this, this principle right here, that God, as part of the gospel of Jesus Christ, wants us to be a blessing to others. It is an essential element of what the good news is. Now, let's go to Genesis chapter 12, verse 2. Now, now, what I'm going to teach you today, I, A, I don't know that I'm going to finish it because I want to get us out of here in time. We've got to have an MLK review. Uh, so it's going to take a few minutes to do that. Uh, so I'm going to probably come back to this next week. But B, this message is deeply spiritual but also profoundly practical. It's deeply spiritual but it's also profoundly practical. I'll get us some really practical things about this whole idea. Amen that we're supposed to be a blessing to others. Genesis 12, 2, you can read that with me. It says, I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. There's the gospel that God gave to Abraham. Now, it's not only, Abraham, I'm going to bless you. See, that's where we tend to stop. Bless me, Lord. Bless me. Bless me. Bless me. Bless me. But I will make you a blessing. We ought to be praying, Lord, make me a blessing. Make me a blessing. Amen. Lord, I, I want to I bless somebody else. I want to help somebody else. I, I want somebody else to, to come to know you through me. Amen. Through, through what you, you do in my life, through the things that you are operating in my life. Amen. Amen. God says to Abraham, I will bless you and I will make you a blessing. In fact, it goes on in that text to say, and in you shall all the families, that word families means all the peoples, all the people. And by the way, the word means all the tribes, it means all kinds of people, people from every background. So in other words, see, in God's economy, I know this is going to burst some folks' bubbles, but in God's economy, there's no black church or white church or this church or that church. In God's economy, there's one church for all people. He says, in you, all the tribes, all the kinds, all the ethnic groups, all of them will be blessed. Amen? Amen. 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 But we sometimes are so racial that we fail to be spiritual. Amen. Amen? Not that there are specific issues that need to be addressed. There are. But the gospel of Jesus Christ is for everybody. Amen. I mean, the reality is, it's for rich folks, just like it's for poor folks. You know, some people want to act as the church. The church should be about the poor. Church ought to be about everybody. Amen. Jesus said, the poor you have with you always. You're not going to solve the problem of poverty here on earth. Amen. Our job is to get people saved so they know how to come out of poverty. Look, Jesus said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to give good news to the poor. What's the good news? Well, you're going to stay poor, but don't worry. It's going to be all right when you get to heaven. No, the good news is you don't have to be poor anymore. 
Through Jesus Christ, you can come out of poverty. We found out through the government you can't. You know why? Because we spent $3 trillion over the last 60 years trying to bring people out of poverty, and we just got as many poor people today as we did then. Forgive me for giving you facts, but that's a fact. Spent a whole lot of money, and people are still poor. Still got projects. Still got ghettos. And, you know, and remember, we had the great war on poverty. It looks like we lost it. Because the government can't solve that. Only God can deal with that. Amen? Amen. 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 So it's for everybody, regardless of who they are, what their race is, what their background is, what their gender is. Amen? Amen. Amen. Now, your assignment then is to fulfill God's will and plan for your life. And his will and plan for your life is not only to get blessed, but to be a blessing. To be a blessing. Now, here's the thing. People jump on me and they jump on some other preacher. Oh, well, you know, you, you, you preach prosperity. You are, in fact, they got on me during the campaign. He's a prosperity preacher. I'm a preacher of the gospel of Jesus Christ. But I'm not the one who said the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach glad tidings to the poor. Jesus said that. Not me. Amen. Amen. Now, now here's the thing. This lie, and it's a bodacious demonic lie that God wants you to be poor because the poor are precious in his sight. Now, you know, you can't find any Bible for that because everybody's precious in his sight. Jesus took all that time with that rich young ruler, didn't he? He wanted him just as much he wanted as he wanted the poor sinner. He wants everybody, amen? Now, yes, God wants to help people come out of their troubles and poverty, saints, whether you know it or not, is not a virtue, it's a curse. And God wants to bring people out of curses. But listen, wealthy people can be in bondage to their money. And God wants to bring them out of that too. Hallelujah. You can, you know, we found Jesus said how hard it is for rich people to enter the kingdom of heaven. They said, the disciples said, well, Lord, then who can then be saved? Somebody ought to ask the question, why would they say that if they were so poor as everybody tries to say? Because when he said, they said, well, then who can be saved? Because they're looking at themselves saying, we ain't doing too bad. You know, that, that last haul, you brought me in, Jesus, when we were out there fishing, that last haul was enough to last me a lifetime. So who then can be saved? Jesus said, it's hard for rich people to be saved because they trust in their riches. They trust in them. Amen. It's not because there's something wrong with being rich, something wrong with trusting in money. Amen? The Bible doesn't say money's the root of all evil. It says what? The love of money. If you love money, you've got a problem. Amen? You've got a problem. Amen. Hallelujah. So, so we get criticized. Well, you know, this preacher, he tells people, God wants you to be prosperous financially. God wants you healthy. God wants to give you breakthrough. God wants to give you deliverance. And then they try to twist that and turn that into, if you're a Christian, you, you, you're not supposed to have any problem. They, nobody in this church has been with me any time. ever heard me say any dumb thing like that. Because Jesus already said, in the world you shall have tribulation. Now what am I going to do, come along and say, if you're a Christian, you got faith, you shouldn't have any problems. When Jesus already spoke, that's why staying on the word is so important, isn't it? Amen. Amen. But, but, he didn't say he was going to leave you there. He said, 
but I have overcome the world. He says, so be of good cheer. I've overcome that. Yeah, tribulation's going to come, but I have overcome it. Amen? Now think about this. How in the world, if God said part of the good news is for you to be a blessing to somebody else, how in the world are you going to be a blessing to somebody else when you broke down, busted, disgusted, on your back, don't know what to do? What, what, how can you help anybody else? Because first of all, they're going to look at you and go, say, that's okay. Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm fine. Thank you very much. Because they don't want, want you, they don't want they, what they see you got. <laughs> God wants you to be in a position to say, people, look, look at what God has done for me. Look at how God has blessed me. That doesn't mean, look, at any given point along the way, we're not going to have trouble or lack or difficulty, but we ought not live perpetually in that state. We ought to be coming out. We ought to be getting better. We ought to be growing. Amen? And that's what teaching the Word of God is all about, teaching us how to make progress in the things of God so that we can not only be blessed, but we can be a blessing. Are you all hearing me? But, you know, and, and I just love this one. You know, sometimes God's going to lay you on your back to make you look up. And, you know, now watch this. Watch, watch this. I ain't on my back. Why I got to be on my back and look up? In fact, I can be on my back watching TV. Looking right through my toes. So, I mean, people, people say this stupid stuff. Saints, if everybody who's ever been knocked down looked up to God, everybody be saved because everybody's been knocked down. I mean, that doesn't make any sense at all. If that were true, the greatest saints in the world would be the folks who are in the prisons and in the hospitals and in all kinds of trouble. Because, man, they be getting hold of God. I met people in all kinds of trouble don't want nothing to do with God. They find just they find with their broke, busted, disgusted, broke down self just like I am. Now I'm not ready for that. But you ready for what the devil's doing for you apparently, and you must like it. Amen. 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 No, God wants you to be a blessing. Amen. Amen. And sometimes you can be a blessing by the spiritual resources that allow you to handle things that others can't handle. You can you can have difficulty, and just by the way you deal with it. Not by telling people, you know, God afflicted me. But by telling people, oh, God, yes, yes, I, yeah, I got this problem. But the Lord is bringing me out. The Lord is making a way for me. Amen? The Lord is blessing me. You watch. God's going to take care of me. Amen? Boldly declaring. The Bible says, that says the, 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 what does it say? The wicked um, flee when no one pursues, but the righteous are bold as a lion. Hallelujah. In other words, wicked people, they're scared. They don't even know what they're scared of. But the righteous are bold as a lion. Amen? Amen. 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 So, so saints, how in the world are we going to be a blessing to somebody else if we are a spiritual basket case? Amen. Amen. Go to Matthew chapter 8. Go to Matthew chapter 8. Let me show you this biblically, how, how Jesus works how Jesus works and what he wants to do. And, and, and see, always remember this. This is the mistake people make. You've all heard me say this many times. You can probably almost anticipate that I'm going to say it. 
People try to conform the word of God to their experience instead of standing on the word until their experience conforms to the word. So because somebody got sick and, and they didn't get the kind of healing they thought, see, God don't want to heal everybody. So in other words, your example is supposed to be what I put my faith in now. Not the word, but, but your, your situation. And when I don't know everything about your situation, I don't know what you said, what you did, how you were thinking, where your faith was. I don't know what seed you sowed. I just, I don't know any, that's between you and the Lord. I can't put my faith in something based upon your experience unless it conforms to the word of God. Amen. Then that's different. Matthew chapter 8, 14 and 15. You can read this with me. It says, now when Jesus had come into Peter's house, he saw his wife's mother lying sick with a fever. So he touched her hand and the fever left her and she arose and served them. Now, now we know what Jesus didn't say. Oh, she's sick. Well, you know what? God's dealing with her. Just, just let her lay there and suffer a while with that thing. Because that's going to be, she's she going to be a better person when she's all done with it. I mean, let, why don't we just read what the Bible says as opposed to making up stuff? Amen? And look, and, and notice this. She must have wanted to serve and couldn't. And Jesus healed her and she got up and got busy. Amen? How in the world are you going to serve when you, you can't get up? You're depressed, you're down, you're broken, you're discouraged, and God has things he wants you to do. And the devil's the one who wants to hold you down, not God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So God wants you. This is part of the gospel, an essential element of it. God wants you to be a blessing to others. That's part of why he, that's part of your destiny. See, and our job, we're going to get into this. Our job is to bless people and help people get in a position as believers to help someone else. So that's how this thing works. We bless others. They bless others. And this thing keeps revolutionizing. Amen. And more people keep getting swept in. Because we are doing things in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 So let me give you four ways then. Four ways in which we as Christians bless people. Four ways. And everything we do to try to be a help to other people is going to fit under one of these, two, one of these four categories. Amen? Go to Mark chapter 16. Mark chapter 16. Let's look at verses 15 and 16. Mark chapter 16, verses 15 and 16. Are you with me? Pillar number two, bless people. Amen. Are you there? It says, and he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. Here's his blessing way number one. Give people the gospel. Give them the gospel. That's number one. Because look, everything else you do is going to be Temporary. I mean, if you, even if you get them healed, that's temporary. I mean, in the sense that that only lasts as long as they live on this earth. If you, you bless them financially, that only lasts for a while. But the gospel is eternal. That's blessing number one. 
Give people the gospel. Amen? Amen. Amen. Go to Matthew 28. Matthew 28. Just flip back to the first book just before Mark. Go to the very end of it. Matthew 28, verses 19 and 20. You should be there pretty quickly, so catch up with me when you get there. It says, go therefore and make disciples of all the nations. There it is again, right? All the nations. Bless everybody from every background. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. And amen means so be it. So be it. Now, these two passages have a, a name that they have been given over the years. And the name is called the Great Commission. The Great Commission. Say that with me. The Great Commission. Now, it's called the Great Commission because in both instances, we see that Mark and Matthew are telling us these are the final words Jesus spoke before he ascended up into heaven. Last instructions. Go tell everybody about me. Gone. Last instructions. Go into all the world. Preach the gospel. Teach them to observe everything I've taught you. Gone. If you miss this, you've missed what Christianity is all about. This is our great commission. Every Christian is called to do this. Amen? Amen. There's no running away from this. There's no, well, I'm too shy to do it. Every Christian in his or her own way, according to his or her own style, is required, commanded, commissioned by God to do this. It is not just a commission for preachers or ordained ministers or bishops or evangelists. It is a commission for every believer. Amen? Amen. Amen. So now we come back to the question then. So what is the gospel? What is the gospel? Let's look at it in its totality. You don't have to go there, but everybody knows what John 3.16 says. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. Amen. That's John 3.16. Amen. Number one, that Jesus died. This is the good news. That Jesus died on the cross for our sins. That he died on the cross for our sins. And not only that, some people don't believe this, but it's totally biblical. And then went down into hell for us. For us. But because he was down there with your sin and my sin, sin couldn't hold him, the grave couldn't keep him, he rose. The Father brought him up out of there with all power and authority in his hands. Amen? Amen. He could do that. He could die for our sins because he had no sin of his own. So therefore, he was able to be the substitutionary sacrifice for you and for me. Just like in the past, a lamb was, a bull was, a, 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 a goat was, a pigeon was, and their blood was shed. No, now it's the precious, holy, sinless lamb of God. Amen. Amen. That's the gospel. That ought to roll off your tongue just like that. Amen. That's number one. Number two. It's part of the gospel that everybody sins. Everybody sins. There's nobody who can say, oh, well, I don't need that. I'm doing fine. 
Everybody is guilty. The Bible says every mouth is stopped and all are guilty before God. There is none righteous, no, not one. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God.